chapter that we read, and an interesting chapter of what uh, happens there, and uh, we're going to look at it in detail this morning. Um, just a bit of a, a rundown on what we're doing. We all know this is Missions Month. Anyone forgotten about it? No, good. Uh, besides looking at Bible passages, we also have stories, video clips of what people have been doing on missions field. So we had Joe talking about tear fund, and we have Janet with heart and hands, and Nick and Casey, and this uh, Sunday we had uh, Steve and Louisa. And uh, next Sunday is going to be another exciting one, really to see what God has been doing on the field. So I won't tell you anything more about it. Please come next Sunday. It'll be a good one. Just a recap of what we're doing. This is um, in May. We looked at missional God, uh, the genesis of mission. God initiated missions. And then we find Jesus, God sending his son, Jesus, into the world. Um, he came to the world, and he said, As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And last Sunday, we saw missional church, uh, how we're going to be, as a church, be a blessing to others. So this morning, we're looking at missional living, how we can be a blessing. Uh, in and so we're going to see a missional context coming up, and Pentecost, as Tim shared, it'll be an exciting mission series. And friends, most of all, let's be a people who would follow it up with what we hear from his word. Let's be missional-minded. And it's, it's just a posture of how we live in society, how we represent Christ in society, being salt and light, being a people of influence wherever we are. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word that's being read and uh, looked at and things that have been shared. And we pray, Lord, that you stir us. Stir us, Father, that we will be your people, your representatives on this earth, that your name will be glorified. There are many people, Lord, in this society who don't know about you. The only way that they can know about Christ or read about Christ is through our lives. So, Father, help us to be a people who reflect your light in the community. Where there's more darkness, there's more light. So, Lord, help us not to be phased or, or disturbed or troubled to think, what's going to happen next? Lord, we know that you're a sovereign God. And as we see in the life of Daniel this morning, challenge us, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Missional living. What does it mean to be in the world and not of the world. What does it mean? And the Bible says to be in this world but not of the world. How do we live like Jesus in the society that has embraced beliefs and values that are not our own? How do we follow Jesus when we're immersed in a culture that labels us as irrelevant at best and dangerous at worst? How do we live in a society like that? In the last 20 years or so, there's been a seismic shift in our culture. We have progressed from what sociologists called a Christian culture to a post-Christian culture. We have moved from the majority to minority, from the center to the fringes. 
from being well-respected to being disrespected. We will most likely live, in, uh, live the entirety of our lives in an increasingly diverse, divided, hostile, and a fragile world that is not favorable with our Christian walk. Actually, it's an old question. How do we live in a world but not of the world? And that's exactly the question that Daniel helps us to answer. So we're going to look at this life, what it meant to be living for God in a non-cultural uh, situation, non-Christian cultural situation. And we see Daniel in a country of Babylon, a Jewish young man taken into exile, forced captivity, and lives in this country, and how he sets himself up to be an example for God. So the book of Daniel teaches us how to live for God in a hostile environment. Let's see how Daniel handles himself in a situation like this. In chapter 5, there's a single uh, day when a huge political shift takes place. Chapter 5 in Daniel, you must have heard of this, writing on the wall. And hand appeared. And the phrase exists even today. How funny. Writing on the wall. So Daniel tells King Belshazzar what's going to happen to Babylon. And true, in one day, Babylon was destroyed. The Persians took over the Babylonian kingdom. And the history records the date of this event as 13th October, 539 BC. If you ever happen to be in British Museum, you will see this edict where it was handwritten by the Persians of what happened and how they set the Jewish free. The Babylonians brought them in captivity, but the Persians said, no, we'll set them free. We'll let them go back and rebuild the temples. And it's in this edict, the Cylinder of Cyrus. I spent hours gazing at this, how history has recorded this. And, this, and my son took a picture very close, and the light reflected and set the alarm off in this. <laughs> <laughs> Turned to be a bit embarrassing. <laughs> I've deliberately picked up chapter 6 of, Daniel, uh, of, of uh, Darius as the new uh, emperor, and Daniel is promoted to the top place in the kingdom, very next to the king. Now, chapter 6, friends, when we read it, we, re we read it so lightly, but in fact, the Persian Empire was a mighty empire, all the way from North Africa to the Black Sea region, and from Egypt to India. That was a vast empire. And this king decided to appoint 120 governors or, or satraps to collect uh, uh, taxes and, and uh, increase the revenue of the kingdom. So they wanted somebody who is sincere, who is faithful in what they do. So there were 120 appointed. And over the 120 were the three administrators who would oversee the three. And Daniel was one of the, those three. And he excelled so much. We said in chapter 6, he excelled. The king was going to put him above the three, ab above the two, and make Daniel the very next to the king himself. That was a powerful position for a person who was brought in exile from, from, from the Jewish land into this country. Almost next to the king. Well, that didn't go on well, did it? Those two administrators, they said, how come this foreigner has gone up to that position? Together with 120, 
they decide to bring Daniel down. Politics even today, isn't it? So here we find Daniel in Babylon, an intelligent, good-looking young man. He is going up the ladder in his workplace, still maintaining his spiritual integrity, still maintaining who he was. And when it came to his relationship with God, he drew the line, and he wouldn't compromise with whatever that's happening, even if it costs his job and his life. In the chapter before us, chapter 6, Daniel is now an old man in his early 80s. Still an extraordinary man, highly respected by the emperor. And this will raise envy and jealousy levels among his peers. Daniel is in a shaky position with some hungry lions waiting for him. Why were his peers jealous? It all starts here in 6 verse 3. Thus Darius the Great uh, among the Persians when he overthrew the Babylonians. 6.3. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole of the kingdom. Big promotion for Daniel. He lived under a Babylon uh, and served under four idolatrous kings for around 65 years. Daniel was a young man, 16, 17 years old, brought to Babylon. For 65 years, he served God faithfully. And all those years, the Bible says, he had an outstanding life in a different culture, in a non-godly culture. In the superpower kingdom, Daniel distinguished himself. He led an outstanding life because he was faithful to God. Friends, can we be faithful like Daniel? In our workplace, in society out there, in the weekends, wherever we are, can we be faithful like Daniel? In verse 4, it says, Daniel's enemies and colleagues didn't like the idea of Daniel being their boss. So they wanted to discredit him. What did they do? They did a security check on Daniel. They combed through his Facebook account, his government files. They did a Google search, but came up nothing. No fraudulent expense. No intern scandals. No questionable business deals, no gifts from the lobbyists, no secret affairs with staff, no accusations from his staff. But they found nothing because Daniel was squeaky clean. He was clean. He was faithful to his God. He maintained his integrity. And he was faithful in the society. When all eyes were on him, when they were searching somehow to discredit him, Daniel was faithful. How did Daniel show his faithfulness to God? How do we show our faithfulness to God? So from life of Daniel, there were two things that Daniel did to show that he was faithful to God. And I think it's a, it's a big lesson for us this morning that we too can learn from life of Daniel in a country like that when people are after him to discredit him. What did he do? It was his commitment and his consistency. 
that he was being faithful to God. Commitment and consistency. Commitment. The Babylonians changed Daniel's name. They gave him a new name. They wanted to change his food habits. Three-year course, they put him into Babylonian college and tried to uh, change him, change his personalities, change him who he was. But they could not change his character. They might have changed his name, but not his character. Daniel was a teenager when he was brought to Babylon. And now in chapter 6, he's, he's 80 years old. Wow, spent all this time in idolatrous city, in a corrupt court. He had power. He had riches. He had accolades. And he had everything to make his world an enjoyable place. But he never compromised. Daniel was so squeaky clean that they could not find no occasion to fault him. They could not find anything to bring charge against him. And in all his ways, Daniel was committed to God and being faithful to God. Commitment describes a person who's willing to give their time and energy to something that they believe in. Friends, this morning, are we committed to something that we believe in? Are we committed to something that as a church that we believe in? Even if it's going to cost us. Even if people are trying to discredit us. Let us stay committed to what God has called us. Let us stay committed to his word. To see what God has got for us. A great example of Daniel's commitment was his prayer life. Kneeling on his knees, praying three times a day, the Bible says, was his habit. Praying three times a day. Gleason Archer, one of our biblical Bible scholars, says Daniel was willing to uh, risk an expulsion from the Royal Academy with disgrace and danger for his actions. He was willing to give up his job, this high-profile job, if he was caught out. Yet, his priorities were firm. Daniel was committed to God. He was committed. That's number one. Secondly, consistent. Being consistent is all about being committed to your actions. It's easy to be consistent for a day or two. But it's one thing, one thing another. It's, it's another thing for life. It's easy to be consistent for an hour of enthusiasm, enthusiasm as we come together to, in, in praise and worship. But it's another thing to be consistent during hardship. Only a consistent, only a consistency is that, that lasts throughout a whole life can be called faithfulness. If you see a person consistent through his whole life, we know that he is a faithful life that is called out. Friends, consistency is so hard. But yet God calls us to be consistent in our relationship with him. Not just commitment, but a consistency as well. Are we constant in our relationship? I know it's hard. I know we get knocked out. I know we feel like days when God doesn't answer our prayers. But yet, the Bible calls us to be committed Christians and to be consistent in a relationship with him. We're going to see this in Daniel's life, how he was consistent. This consistent pattern of faithfulness is what we see in Daniel's life from chapter 1 to chapter 6. 
even during difficult time, we see Daniel being consistent. Chapter 1, the first time we see Daniel, he's young, a teenager who was taken captive to Babylon. He takes his stand in refusing to eat food from the king's table. We see him again a few years later in chapter 2 when a young man, he's faithful in interpreting the dream of King Nebuchadnezzar. He didn't flinch. He says, oh king, this is what God has spoken to me and this is what I'm going to say. What a stand. Chapter 4, he's a middle-aged man. Daniel is faithful again in interpreting the dream for a troubled king when he saw the writing on the wall. Chapter 5, standing for God and being faithful. When the empire changed, when the Persian empire came in, Daniel was still faithful. And people around Daniel recognized that he was a faithful man. Even the new emperor recognized that he was a faithful man. In our text today, Daniel is in his 80s. He's been in Babylon for 65 years. He has not changed. He is still serving God faithfully. He is committed and consistent. Babylon is unchanged. The rulers have changed. They are still idolatrous. It's cruel and wicked. It looks like Daniel's uh, faithfulness to God drew jealousy and hatred from his peers. He, they hashed a plot against his life. They want to get rid of Daniel. They could not see a man who's consistent and who's committed and who's faithful. Who had integrity. People couldn't stand, stand him. And all these jealous peers had to do was to get Daniel. They had to get Daniel to choose between God or obey the king. And they've got him. And because they already know what Daniel will choose cruel plot was brought against Daniel. They knew where his stand was, and yet they plotted against him. So they spied on Daniel, and here's what they found in verse 11. These men went as a group. These were 120 governors, satraps, and the two administrators. They all planned against Daniel. They went up against Daniel, and they found Daniel praying and asking God for help. I don't know where Daniel was when this law was made. Maybe he was on an official trip somewhere. And they plotted this hat. And they, they made this law. Daniel got back. He knew about it. He knew what the law was. Yet he went to the window, opened the window, and he prayed as his habit was. They got their man. They got Daniel. And here what, it's, what they do next. This is what it says. So they went to the king and they spoke to him about this royal degree. Did you not publish a degree during this next 30 days? Anyone who prays to any god or human being except you, your majesty, will be thrown in the lion's den. And the king answered, the decree stands in accordance to the law of the Medes and the Persians. It cannot be repelled. And then they said to the king, look at what they say. They said to the king, Daniel, who's one from the exile, not the top guy, one from the exile, from Judah. He pays no attention to the king. Well, the king knew Daniel was faithful. And this is what they, the charges they brought against him. He doesn't pay attention to your majesty, to the decree that you put in writing. He still 
praise three times a day. That was the only charge they could bring against Daniel. Daniel was faithful, and yet he found himself in the lion's den. He was sentenced to die for just for being faithful to God. While Daniel faced this terrible sentence, he held fast to what made him a great man. Daniel was framed. He was sentenced to death. Even the king was so depressed. He didn't want Daniel to die. He didn't want Daniel to die in the den of lions. Twice the king said to Daniel, May your God whom you serve continually rescue you. May your God rescue you. The king knew Daniel was always about serving God. Daniel was known for his faithfulness to his God. He did not compromise. He chose a faithful testimony over popularity. He chose faithfulness over position. And in the end, God saved Daniel from the lions. That is great, isn't it? Faithful to his testimony over popularity. Faithfulness over position. He won't compromise. Friends, can we be like Daniel? It's a great story, isn't it? But I want to know, but what I want to know, can we be faithful like Daniel? Can I be faithful like Daniel? Is it possible for us to live like this and be faithful to God continually? Is it possible for us to be squeaky clean in a non-Christian world? When people are watching us, trying to bring us down. There will be times when in this world we won't influence our lives. There will be times when the things of this world will creep into us. There will be times when we'll be at crossroads in our lives where our faith will be tested. The way we live in our everyday lives in little things is a good test of our Christian faithfulness. Faithfulness is not measured from the things we do and the kind of people we appear to be on Sunday mornings or at home, in groups and in prayer meetings. Our Christian faithfulness is to be seen in every day, at home, at school, at uni, at work, wherever we are. But you might say, that's Daniel, that's not me. We might say, well, he was squeaky clean, that's not me. Maybe we are struggling. And saying, I messed up. I'm not sure of all this. I, I'm not squeaky clean like Daniel was. The Bible says if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us from all our sins and to purify us from all our unrighteousness. He will make us faithful. He is with us. Thank you, Jerry. That's what you shared in communion. With God. He is with us in every step of our way. He is with us. For all the times we have been unfaithful, there is forgiveness. Why? Because of Jesus. Daniel was faithful, and he was saved from the lion's den. Jesus was also faithful, but he was not saved. He still went to the cross and died a horrific death. Jesus Christ is the best example of faithfulness. Sometimes it might not go the way we want to go. We see from the life of Daniel and Jesus. Daniel was saved, but Jesus paid the price. Jesus' enemies tried to kill him. Though Jesus was squeaky clean, the religious leaders falsely accused him. 
His own people rejected him. Because Jesus was faithful till the end, we can find forgiveness and inspiration to be faithful, like God, like faithful to God in our everyday life. God will help us. Jesus has promised to be with us. He has sent us His Holy Spirit to help us to walk in being a blessing to the, to the world around us. Faithful to God. Committed to Him. Consistent in what we do. In conclusion, friends, I heard this story. It's a great example of being committed and being faithful to God. It's a true story. A little girl raised in a good home. A little girl that, drew, that, that grew to love God with all our heart. As a young lady, she was forced to make a decision, either stand up for Jesus or die. Deny him, live for him. This was Rachel Scott. Rachel Scott. Rachel took a definite stand in her high school years, realizing that she, she had put God first in her life. She faithfully shared the gospel, and though she was really a popular kid, her witness was not always well received, but she witnessed anyway. She wanted to make a difference in the world by showing kindness and love to God to others. There were two boys that she witnessed to. They were the ones who no one wanted to fool around with. But Rachel tried to talk to them and tried to bring them to the Lord. They hated her for it. And she became a target of the insane rage. A teacher and 12 students were killed at Columbine. Rachel Scott, 17, was the first victim of April 20th, 1999, Columbian High School shooting. The gunman walked over to her, lifted her up by the hair, and asked her if she still believed in God. Her response was unwavering and unfaltering. And this is what she said. You know I do, she said to them. This was when a gun was held at her head. She said to them, you know I do. The gunman replied, then go be with him, and fired the fatal shot. Rachel was no superhero. She was an everyday person who knew the love of God that, that was revealed in Jesus. And knowing Jesus enabled her to be faithful to God to the very end. Following Jesus doesn't mean life will be easy, friends. It doesn't mean that you won't be unfairly treated. It doesn't mean that hard times don't come. In fact, they will come. Hard times came for Daniel. Hard times came for so many faithful followers of God in the Bible. Hard times and suffering came even to Jesus. It was when life got tough and things didn't go out the way, you can be tempted to give up and think that God has forgotten you. Remember, you are on the side of the living God who promised to be with us always. And remember that in this world that's watching us, He will be always, God will be always watching over us. Remember God's great love that's shown to us through His Son, Jesus. And it's a great motivation, friends. It's a great motivation that we can be faithful to God in this world.
committed and consistent. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, as we looked at Daniel's life, in spite of all the difficulties and pressures and people planning to pull him down, and Lord, they tried their best to destroy him, but Daniel was faithful. He was committed to God and he was consistent. Father, we pray that you'd help us. We thank you, Lord, we are not alone in this world. We have each other. We have God who's with us. We have the Holy Spirit who's in us. Help us to walk in this world. Maybe we were unfairly treated. Maybe we're the butt of the jokes of people just because we're Christian. And Lord, help us to know that in spite of all that we can live a committed and a consistent life to bring glory and honor for you. Thank you, Lord God. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, friends.